You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. It's funny how sometimes December, this month specifically, tends to bring out a very pessimistic view of our lives. And the reason is because a lot of us see our lives in a 12-month cycle, January to December, January to December. And because you're looking at life in a year-long cycle, or we are reviewing our goals in a year-long cycle, we towards the end of the year get into this interesting place where we review everything that has happened in the year and wonder if we did everything we could, wonder if we got what we wanted, wonder if we made progress. It happened with me a few years ago where in December 2020, I was looking at my p I was looking at the year that had gone by. I was reviewing what we had achieved or not achieved that year. And the outcome was not as exciting as I had hoped for. And the end of year balance sheet wasn't looking as good as I wanted it to be. We were struggling, honestly. We were struggling as a company. We were not making enough profits. I was not able to draw a decent enough salary. I wasn't able to draw any dividends whatsoever because mostly we were focusing our attention towards growing the company. And in that effort, we were spending more than what we were making, which also meant I had to do more work than I would have liked to do or have less time with my family which also meant that the five years that I had dedicated to the company until that point wasn't being as fruitful and I had to do other things to be able to support my family. As father of one and I had one more child on the way. And this really made me feel very hopeless. This made me feel like I was in a hopeless, helpless situation where I couldn't really figure it out. Now, before I fully dedicated my time, energy, resources to building a coach. I had built or helped build successful companies before that. And this was in partnership with other founders. And I really believed that I was a talented enough individual that I could just build something by myself. So I had a history of success, but my present circumstances was revealing to me that I am in a situation where there's more pessimism and more hopelessness in my life than hopefulness in my life or optimism in my life. Now, fortunately, I had the tools that we teach today in Certified Life Coach Program, which is one of our certification programs, where you get to sit back and really observe your thoughts and be able to really challenge those thoughts and be able to really get honest with yourself to be able to find what is it that is the truth of the situation? What do I have in control? What is it that I don't have in control? And what is a thought process? that is actually supportive of the outcome that I want to create. Now, in less than 12 months, we were able to completely turn around the business. And the last three years, we've created more success than the first five years of the business. And there were some fundamental principles that helped us to be able to make that switch. One of the fundamental principles was to be more optimistic or be more present to what is possible versus succumb to pessimism, succumb to things not working out. And most of the community of coaches 
tend to want to be in an optimistic world, but they tend to live in the pessimistic world because similar challenges tend to happen in their lives too. There are times where you might be working really hard, you might be really trying everything that you possibly can, and things aren't working out the way you want it. You're not getting the results the way you want it. And that puts us into this spiral, a state, a place where we can't really see how we would make progress or why even we should pursue this direction. So I reached out to the community and I asked, hey, do you feel that you are in a pessimistic state or is there instances or questions that you have around if you feel pessimism or if you feel like life's not going to work out or the business is not working out? And what are those thoughts and what are those questions that come through? And so the community sent over certain questions and we swifted through them. And there were some that were pretty evident that are common themes or common questions that I'd like to address today. One of those is every time I sit down to plan for next year, I feel overwhelmed and I can't anticipate what will happen. So I feel like I should not even plan it. How do I get excited for the future when it feels like everything is falling apart? The first curiosity that I would invite you to have is when you think everything's falling apart or things are not working out, is to contextualize it. By contextualizing, it means what is the definition of falling apart? What is the definition of it working out? The reason why you want to ask these questions is because most of the time, our thoughts would orient themselves to making things look like they are less progressive than they actually are. This is also the reason why when you listen to the news, most of the time you feel like the world is falling apart because our attention goes to negative because it creates a defense mechanism. It allows us to protect ourselves. And so our intention, our direction, our focus goes to things that are not working out. And that's exactly why when you put it in context, you start to ask, okay, what does falling apart mean? What does not working out mean? What would working out actually mean? you would realize that you're actually closer in your life to working out than to not working out. Let me give you an example. Say you started a coaching business this year and literally in the last six months, you've been certified or you first started to prospect in your life. And as you prospect in your life, it's been six months and you have garnered, say, one client. Your expectation might be, I should be a successful coach. What does successful coach mean? A successful coach means, are you able to drive results? Or does successful coach mean, having a client or having 10 clients. Once you bring your awareness to what successful coach means, you might go, well, a successful coach for me means that I don't have to rely on my job and I have a full-time income as a coach. Great, great answer. Now let's look at how and what would it mean to have a full-time income. It might mean you have five clients. Well, if you have five clients and that would mean sustained income and a full-time career as a coach, well, you already got one. You've made 20% progress towards 100% result. So it's not that everything's falling apart. You are just getting started. And you've already made 20% progress. So all you have to do is get four more clients. And it may not be that difficult once you realize, well, I only prospected five people and I got one client. Oh, that means if I get 25 people in my prospect list and I outreach 25 people, I might get five clients. See, now everything becomes a little bit more directional to results versus directional to, oh, it's not working. You may also find, and this happens very funnily with especially a new coach, not so much with a seasoned coach, but a new coach, is where when I say, okay, so how many people did you prospect? They say, uh, one. Okay, how many people did you pro bono coach so you can get some uh, word on the street? They go, none. <laughs> well, everything is falling apart because you're not putting anything together. 
or you feel like everything is falling apart because you're not putting anything together until you have a prospect list, until you've reached out to people, until you've actually coached someone, you can't say a career is falling apart. You can't say something's not working. So firstly, define what falling apart, define what not working out, define what success actually looks like. This gives you a way to really see how far you have come and how far you have to go. And it makes it much easier for you to be realistic about what's actually happening around you and not work with hypotheticals. Another way to really view where you are in your life is to question where would you be 10 years from now if you kept doing the work that you're doing today? See, I told you the story of three years ago as I looked at my PNL. Our PNL looked not so exciting, not so fun, didn't look like we'll end up with a lot of profit, that we'll be able to pay dividends and so on and so forth. But what you don't know is that we were still doing about three and a half, four million in revenue. And that's a significant amount of revenue that we were able to generate. We just didn't find a profit model. And that was five years into the business. Now, if I just take the same business and think and elongate it for 10 years with a little bit more focus on actually turning a profit to make the business sustainable or to grow the revenues enough that we could take investors and be able to then further our journey, suddenly we have now shifted the energy. Suddenly, now I can see possibilities in a $3 million business 10 years from now. Your business might be doing 3,000. It might be doing 300. It doesn't matter. If you look at a 10-year view, you suddenly have because in 10 years, you can achieve extraordinary things. In 10 years, you can change the paradigm completely. 10 years of focused work can actually give you outstanding outcomes that you can't even imagine right now. But when you have a 10-year view, you get an immediate sense of hope. Say you just finished your certification. You're practicing right now. The first year, for six months, you might be just practicing. But six months later, now you have a new skill of coaching. With this new skill of coaching, now you can go out and get some clients. Now, next three months or six months, you may prospect and you may get only one to three clients. But now you have a way to actually get three clients. The next six months, you'll find a way to get six clients instead of three. The next six months after that, 12 clients. The year after, you might start a group coaching program. The year after, you might do courses. The year after, you might become an influencer. The year after, you might be speaking on stages. So on and so forth. A 10-year view gives you space to have hope. And with hope comes more powerful action. One of the things that does deter that is if you associate yourself so strongly to your outcomes. See, the reason why December is a gloomy month for a lot of people, especially if they start reviewing their goals, is because they had a goal and that only had a year-long cycle, right? You set up a goal for 2023, and right now you might be setting a goal for 2024. Well, it may seem like the right thing to do because that's how you did in school and college and everybody tells you to do the same thing. What you may forget is certainty of outcome is like being able to predict the future. You see, hoping for certainty of outcome is like hoping to know the future. None of us know the future because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. There's too many nuances and things in life that can come in and change our certainty of outcome. Heck, we may even want a different outcome once we achieve the outcome or we get closer to the outcome. We may have a different desire altogether. But what we evaluate ourselves on is the outcome that there is no way for us to have certainty towards. What we can have certainty towards is certainty of action. What we can say is, hey, I tried. I tried to move towards this direction. I made my best effort. And that's all you can really do. You can't really guarantee the outcome is going to show up in the same timeline, in the same way that you want to show up. What you can certainly say is, did you try? So 
instead of associating yourself to a certainty of outcome, maybe you want to consider associating yourself to certainty of action, certainty of process, certainty of progress. Until the time you celebrate the certainty of action, you should feel more hopefulness and certainty of you creating the future that will eventually happen whenever the time is right. Which brings me to another reason why a lot of times we do feel hopeless or we feel like there is not enough uh, optimism in our life or we feel like we won't be able to create the reality that we want to create, which comes from this question that a coach asked me, which was, I want to use my voice. I want to show up online and build my brand. But every week there is a new headline. So I'd rather just hide in the shadows than have to navigate what others want me to post about versus what I want to share. I don't want to be attacked for being hopeful and optimistic. How do I keep taking action without giving up? So my first invitation would be is the way we create anything is to be proactive versus reactive. Now, most of us live in a reactive world. Most of us respond to what's happening around us. And we kind of have to because that's how society is built. But if you will look at people who changed the society, people who either created great personal growth movements, individuals that were able to create great technologies, individuals that were able to reshape democracies and, and so on and so forth, were individuals that didn't react. They were mostly proactive. They knew where they want to go. They knew what was their vision of the world and they chased that. They didn't chase what the world told them to chase. They chased what they truly felt they must chase. And if that sometimes is incongruent to the situation of the world or message of the world, so be it. It's not always wise to react to the chaos of the world, especially with this much information at our fingertips and this much disinformation at our fingertips. You could look at a news item and make that the truth of the world, or you can zoom out from the news item and focus on the grand scheme of evolving humanity overall, and you would have a different response to that event. If we look at the overall timeline of our planet, overall timeline of the universe, it's billions and billions and billions of years ago. But for whatever reason, we tend to focus on this one moment and what this one event that may be happening somewhere in the world. It's not wrong to have empathy for it. It's not wrong to have some attention to it that is due. But if we were to play our role in evolution of humanity, our focus, our intention must stay with the evolution of humanity, with the evolution of our consciousness, with the evolution of how we be better over a longer time frame. And for that, you almost have to bring your attention back to proactivity and not reactivity, which is also what I did in 2020. <laughs> when I was in that place where my PL kind of sucked and I looked at it and I was like, what do I do? And my first response was reactive, like, let's cut some talent and let's, you know, like cut some costs and let me slash here, let me slash there. It was really present to me that, yes, I can react to the situation, but it will never really create a future. It will just get me to react. And so I invited myself to say, okay, if we were on a blank sheet of paper, let's just write down what is it that I want to be in 10 years from now? What is it that I'm creating in 10 years from now? And I flipped out a Google Doc and I started writing the vivid vision for the company. And lo and behold, in two hours from then, I had written the entire vivid vision. It was a full download. It was a 10-page document that I wrote. And I sent it over to my team and I said, this is what we are creating. And as I sent it over to my team, in a year from then, 
we were moving way further closer to a better PNL. The year two, we were even better on PNL because we were now able to operate from a proactive place. We were not operating from a reactive place. So my invitation for you is every time you're about to react, you're going to get, get that trigger reaction is to stop yourself and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my vision? What's my direction? What is the future that I want for myself and for people around me and for humanity overall? And what's my contribution to it? Which brings my attention to sometimes we are in the state where because we are questioning so much of our present reality and lack of progress or lack of optimism is we start making up stories like, hey, maybe I should just get a job. Maybe I should just get something safe. People around me don't really get me. What's the point of fighting this fight? Maybe now is not my time. And you may be right sometimes. There, there's some data that might help you really make a decision. So one of the data points that I read somewhere was that it's 33% better chance for you to be successful if you build your business while you're in a job. 33% chance. And I hear that and I understand that because that was my truth also. I, I was more successful. I was able to build more successful companies because I just didn't immediately quit everything. I didn't burn the bridges. I know there's a whole argument to be made that you must. But my invitation is you don't have to burn bridges. You actually can build your excitement and your passion and your career while having all the safety. One of the biggest myths that I've found about entrepreneurship that people tell you about entrepreneurship is entrepreneurs are risk takers. Entrepreneurs are not risk takers. I am one. I've met enough of them. I've met people who have created multiple successful companies. And they are more likely to be risk averse than risk takers. And here's the reason why. A successful entrepreneur often is not just caring about themselves. When I make a bad decision in my business, I am putting about 50 jobs on the line. 50 people's salary, their income, their household income. And that's not something that you just risk on a whim. It's 50 jobs, 50 lives depend on me. And that's not even my immediate family. Right? My immediate family also is benefited from my work, my parents who don't have an income anymore. And I am the one that is their source of income. So there's many things at play. So as an entrepreneur, I'm not just going on a whim and risking anything. I have to be strategic. I have to be somebody who mitigates risk. So I get it. If you feel like, hey, I could just keep a job and be safe for now and build my career alongside, it might actually be the smarter thing to do. So there is a nothing wrong if that's where you are at. I also want to invite you to kind of look at your life not as the immediate future, not the next six months, not the next one year, not the next two years, but think about your life in context of next 10, 20 years. And when you think about your life in context of the next 10, 20 years, you actually build a more sustained career without the anxiety or feeling of, oh, I'm behind or I'm getting late because you're not. Let's really think about it. Let's say you are 40 years old right now. As you listen to this podcast, you're 40, 45, and you're going, hey, am I late to this party? Well, let's look at it. You are probably going to work, especially in the coaching career, which requires a lot more intellectual, a lot more experienced self. You can easily work till 70, 75. I'll get, get you an early retirement and tell you, fine, you'll retire by 65. At 45 to 65, you've got 20 more years in you. With 20 more years in you, if you took the next two years to just transition career, to learn the practice, to build your business, you have another 18 years to actually practice what you learn in the next two. You only took 10% of the overall time that you will benefit from once you actually fully transition into career. When you contextualize life like that, when you go, oh, hold on, why am I getting anxious about losing one day when I can invest next two years sustainably without anxiety, without fear, without like 
bothering myself and freaking out every day about this. What if I invested next two years with a sense of urgency, but not anxiety? You still want sense of urgency. You, of course, want to have a sense that I need to get my website up this week or next week. And within the frame that I've agreed with myself that I'm going to get it done. You don't want to not have the sense of urgency because two years later, otherwise you will wake up and you wouldn't have done anything. So you need a sense of urgency, but you don't want anxiety. You don't want to feel defeated because you couldn't get your website up. You don't want to feel defeated because you decided, hey, today I'll probably spend time with my kids and tomorrow I'll work on my website. You don't want to feel the defeat and hopelessness that is associated with fake urgency. But what you want to do is have a sense of urgency, have a plan and have a plan that is doable. Understand that there is a limited amount of capacity that you have in a day-to-day -day basis, especially if you're in a career, right? You're, you're working eight hours a day for somebody else already. You may not have the same energy level at the end of the day every day. You might be able to only do some weekends. You might be able to do some weekdays early in the morning or late in the evening. Whatever that might be, honor your capacity. Don't fight it. Don't try to tell yourself that you're being lazy. Don't try to tell yourself, oh, you're being lazy or you're not being disciplined. It's not true. If you were disciplined in one side of your life, if you're excited about this side of your life, you can be disciplined. All you're doing is because of the anxiety that you have around this, you are actually creating a negative emotion that is leading you to not take action. Instead of wasting time being anxious and fearful, invest some time in being hopeful, in being optimistic. And as you train your mind and body to be more optimistic, to be more oriented towards what's possible in the future, you will find that you are able to move more and move further and move faster in the career that you really want to create. So while the world may sound really pessimistic and it, news may tell you that the world's falling apart, that there might be World War III, and who knows, because none of us are future tellers, including the media, and they've been wrong all the time, what we do know is that if you operate in this life currently in this moment or every moment of your life from a place of that it'll all work out, that you can do the best you can, you must do the best you can, we will just be fine. Humanity will be fine. You will be fine. I will be fine. We can be more optimistic about life by choosing the right frame, the right information, the right data set, the right approach that actually helps us move further.